Amen. Once again, a good morning. And uh, we thank God for uh, this church and Pastor Matt for allowing us to come here. And we thank God for the Sunday school that we were able to present the uh, ministry and uh, explain some things and uh, answer some questions regarding the work over there. Uh, my name is Brother Joel Madlangawa. Actually, it's easy to pronounce. Uh, you just uh, think of the mud on the road and then your lung, madlang, awa. So that's how you, you pronounce it. And, but uh, Pastor, I think Pastor Matt is the, the closest uh, pastor who pronounced my name right, sir. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Praise the Lord for that, sir. Because uh, actually, especially down south, they murdered my name. Yeah, uh, there is no semblance of uh, they're, they're referring to me. So thank God for that. So, Brother Joel Madlangawa, and my wife is with me, uh, Sister Maribel. Can you stand up, ma'am, please, so that they will see you? Amen. Amen. So, we're married for 33 years. Actually, we celebrated our 33rd anniversary last Friday. So, it was a, a stage-side uh, celebration. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. To God be the glory for that. Amen. Okay, so, uh, the ministry in Cambodia has been going on for 21 years. The Lord has... Uh, Bless us for the first 17 years, and then continue the blessing during the pandemic, although we can say that there are setbacks, but the setbacks in the ministry are almost always temporary as long as we trust God, as long as we believe that all things work together for good. And now that the Lord guided us out of the pandemic, we are now on the rebound, and by the grace of God, asking uh, uh, prayers uh, from churches, uh, investment, and uh, a partner with us in the ministry in Cambodia so that we can continue because we've been uh, uh, deeply uh, uh, affected by this pandemic. But I know that our God is faithful because he is always faithful and he will provide what is needed in Cambodia so that we can continue that ministry that he has entrusted unto us 21 years ago. I always believe that the ministry is God's ministry. The church is God's church. So all we have to do is to be a good steward and everything will be provided for by the Lord, and that is what we believe. So please uh, pray for us as we uh, travel almost every week. We started in Gulfport, Mississippi, and now we are in New Jersey, in Kearney, New Jersey, and we'll be going to Pennsylvania, Kentucky, uh, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, uh, Africa, I don't know, that, uh, but uh, going in almost, uh, we will be traveling to about 17 states here in uh, America, so please uh, pray for us. Uh, some roads are very safe to drive at, but uh, New Jersey is not one of uh, them. Because you, you, you're easy driving, and we're talking on opposite, zoom here and zoom over there, and I'm just waiting for somebody to go from under and the other one from uh, uh, above, so it's just hard, so... Pray for us that uh, we will be able to survive this uh, leg of our trip, New Jersey. <laughs> but, but anyway, we, we know that the Lord will uh, protect and whatever may happen, it is God's will. So we are going to be okay with that. So this morning, uh, I thank uh, God and Pastor for allowing me to minister to you the Word of God. So I would like to go to our text today that uh, we can... Uh, go to the preaching of God's word. If I may, if I will ask uh, uh, everybody to stand and we will read a verse of uh, a scripture here in the Bible. Actually, the most uh, a popular verse in the Bible 
It's over there on the uh, uh, wall, John chapter 3 and verse number 16. So I would like to read it and follow me silently from your Bible. It says here, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for you gathering us, Lord, today here in this place, so that we can continue, Lord, to worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sins and make our hearts worthy, O God, of the truth that we will encounter from thy word today. I beg you, O God, to help me to be a blessing to your people. And I pray, Lord, that your people will have an open heart for your word today. I pray, Lord, that after everything is said and done, Lord, today, your name and your name alone will be lifted up in our midst, O God. And I pray if there is one, two, or more who are not yet saved, O God, today, I just pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will convict their hearts, O God, so that, Lord, this day will be the day of salvation for them. We thank you, O God, for your goodness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you very much for standing with me. I would like to preach about a message entitled, A Successful Mission Work. A Successful Mission Work. I would like to make several statements before I go and uh, preach about John chapter 3 and verse number 16. I want to make a statement and say that God is the perfect example of a successful missionary. God is the perfect example of a successful missionary. God the Father was the first person who sent out a missionary. God the Son was the first person who left his own country, went to a foreign land, and started mission work. And God the Holy Spirit was the first person who supported the first missionary from the beginning of his earthly ministry until the end of his work here on earth. So I can say that if a church or a Christian is involved in mission, then you are in good company because you are in the company of God. Amen. Amen. So he is the perfect example of a successful missionary. Now, may I say that the heartbeat of God is mission. The heartbeat of God is mission. And if God started the church or established the church, therefore, He gave mission to the church as the heartbeat of the church. Therefore, allow me to say that a church, it doesn't matter how big or small, if that church is not involved in mission, that is a dead church. Because there is no heart beating in that church. Remember, our God has only one son, but he made him a missionary so that the world will hear about the grace, the mercy, the love of our God. So mission work is the most important work on earth. You cannot find a work here on earth that is greater than mission. Yes, our government may be doing a good work, but all that they can do is to alleviate poverty, to enhance our lives, to protect us, to give us a freedom to pursue our happiness and our goal. But ladies and gentlemen, only mission is a work that can provide and dispense and give eternal life to all men. And that work will last forever and forever. That is why mission is the most important work on earth. And if you are saved today, 
you must be involved in mission. If you are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, you must be involved in mission because any person who claims to be saved, any person who professes to be saved and not involved in mission is a person that is wasting his time, is a person wasting the time of the church, a person wasting the time of God, and that person, if he is really saved, will be standing at the judgment seat of Jesus Christ, and we only utter the word wasted, because he did not do anything in order to obey and glorify the name of God. So in a sense, you and me are all missionaries. I am a missionary in a foreign land, but you are a missionary in Kearney, New Jersey. You are a missionary in your state and a missionary in your country. I always say this, that it is sometimes sad for a church to be involved in world mission and yet have neglected their own Jerusalem. The Bible is very clear when it says that ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both. Meaning to say at the same time in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So we have a job. You see, in Matthew 16, 18, the Bible is very clear when Jesus was conversing with Peter and he said that upon this rock, I will build my church. And there is a purpose after he said that I will build my church. He said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So meaning to say, the church has a job. The church has a purpose. And what is the purpose? To destroy, to attack the gates of hell. Why? Because inside those gates are people lost without Christ who will die and who will go to hell. So the church is designed to be an active church, not a passive institution. You see, sad to say in our time, so many are just in the what you call maintenance mode, but they are not in the aggressive mode. We are a given uh, the authority by God in order for us to destroy those gates of hell so that people will have a chance to hear the gospel and they will have a chance for salvation. And where are those gates? You have gates here at Kearney. You have gates of hell here in New Jersey. You have gates of hell in America and all around the world. That is why even your church is located in this place. Your mission field is the world. And each and every church, local church, must be involved so that you and I together will be able to publish the word of God. That freedom will reign all around the world and that people may have a chance to hear a clear presentation of the gospel that will bring salvation to their souls. So that is our job, to be involved in mission. That is why. When God says, go into all the world without missionaries, you cannot do that. And without you, we cannot go. That is why the greatest, the greatest partnership in the world is the partnership between God, the local church, and the missionaries. 
So we need to understand that. Actually, I always say that there are powers that we need in order to have a great mission work. Number one is the power of God. That's why Jesus says, all power is given unto me. And then he says, go. So he established that he is the power behind evangelism. He is the power behind mission. So we need God's power. And thank God, it is always available. It is always there. We cannot exhaust the power of God. And the number two, manpower. He says, go ye. So we are the ones that God will use in order to reach the world. You see, we may not understand why God chose us to do this important ministry. Because, for example, if I am God, thank God I am not. I will just use angels. They have no need for gasoline money. They can fly. They do not have to ride an airplane. They do not, ex do not have to experience uh, panicking inside the airplane. They can go there anywhere without using much money. And I believe they don't eat at the McDonald's and other things. So it is very cheap to use angels to raise the world. And yet, in the vast uh, uh, mind of God, He said, I am going to use men. And may I say that the reason why God is using men, because first of all, we understand salvation because you and I are a recipient of the grace of God. That's why when you say amazing grace, the angels may not understand. Amen. When you say amazing grace, the heavenly creatures may not understand. Because only people who are sinners, who deserve hell, and now receive the grace of God, can really say God's grace is really amazing. Amen. Amen. That's why if there is a song that the angels cannot sing in heaven, it's amazing grace. They, cannot, they, they may be able to sing that, but they cannot feel it. They may not know the real meaning of it because you and I are the recipient of that amazing grace from God. Amen. Now, in John 3.16, we can see here the ingredients for a successful mission work. You see, there are many verses that we can use for mission. Matthew chapter 28. Going to all nations, teaching them all the things that the Lord has taught us. There is Mark 16, going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power, you shall be witnesses. John 20.21, 20, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Mostly John 3.16 is being used for salvation. But whenever I look at John 3.16 as a missionary, I can see important ingredients that are needed in order to have a successful mission work. Let me start with this. John 3.16 started with, for God. So everything starts with God. Without God, there is nothing that we can accomplish. And in this area, I would like to say that our God is an all-knowing God. God knows everything. God knows your name, your middle name, your last name, your alias, your cell number, your address, even the very number of hair on your head is known to God. Amen? And if there is no more hair, I can know that too. Because I'm not blind. Amen? <laughs> oh, no, sir, I'm not referring to you. But I think you reacted. 
So God is an all-knowing God. And in the vast knowledge of God, He gave us at least three things that we need to know when it comes to mission number one. The knowledge of the world's need. You see, if you ask the world, they will say, I need money. I need food. I need shelter. I need power. I need popularity. I need faith. These are the perceived needs of men. Of course, there are basic needs, but the real need is salvation. Why? Jesus said, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. What shall it profit a man even if he gain the whole world and suffer the loss of his soul? Meaning to say, sir, you can be the most handsome man in the world. You can be the most powerful man in the world. You can be the wealthiest man in the world. But if you die and go to hell, then it does not benefit you anything at all. Because you are going to be in that place forever and forever in torment, without hope, without end, all throughout eternity. So that is what men are clamoring for. But as a safe person, as a church, we know that the real need of men is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Without Him, there is nothing in the life of a person. Number two, the knowledge that we are going to be used by God to provide for that need. That is why we need to do something about this. You may say, well, it's not my responsibility. Then whose responsibility is it? The government will not do it. The schools will not do it. The social clubs will not do it. Cults will not do it. Only those that are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ can do the work of mission. Amen? That's why it's given to us. You see, you're saved, right? You're citizens of heaven, right? Why are you still here? Oh, because we need to do something. If salvation is all about heaven, then the moment you got saved, God should have taken you to heaven immediately. But why are we here? There is something that we need to do. And that something is the most important thing that you and I can do in our lives. But what are you doing? What are we doing? We're busy amassing wealth. We're busy doing things that will make us happy. Ladies and gentlemen, everything that we need is already provided by God in heaven. When the Bible says, not even our eyes nor ear, our ears heard. Those things that were, are prepared by God over there in heaven. So everything that we need is already provided for. And Jesus says, walk while it is day. For the night cometh when no man can walk. He says, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. No matter what you do, at the judgment seat of Jesus Christ, He will not ask you how much money you have. He will not ask you how popular you are. He's going to ask you, what did you do? With the lost people that are on earth. When you yourself is a recipient of my amazing grace. And number three. The knowledge of the urgency of this need. Why? As you're sitting there and I'm standing here. People are dying by the thousands today. And most of them will go to hell. Because they have not heard even a single 
clear presentation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when I got saved, it means all the word to me. I am a person who do not want to have to do anything with God, and yet God loved me so much. And allow me to go to my second point. For God so loved the world. Can you just, can you just look at that phrase? So love the world. God, who is a thrice holy God, so love the world, who is evil, sinful, who do not even want to do anything with God, and who is going to even accuse God of all the evils that are happening in this world. And yet, God not only loved this world, but He so loved the world. Amen? He loved the world. And that is an ingredient for a successful mission work. I told you in the Sunday school, Lord, if you will send me to Cambodia, I have a prayer Place that love in my heart for the people of Cambodia. Because without which I will never stay in that country. When things get hard. You see, love is amazing. It can make you do things that you will not even think that you can do. Amen. That's why, you see, the greatest novels that we can read. Outside from the Bible. The Bible is not a novel. It's true. But, but novel is about love. Those who conquer in the name of love is quite amazing. And yet, these are only people with faults. Not, and not perfect. And yet, there is a perfect holy God who loved us even though we are completely on the south of that God. And He loved us so much that He did something that no man will ever do. Give His only begotten Son to the word that He loved. And what did that word do to his son. Crucified him. On the cross of Calvary. You see. When the Lord Jesus Christ. Went into this world. He was living in a perfect place. In a perfect environment. Being worshipped by the angels. Having eternal fellowship. With the father. And with the Holy Spirit. Every day is a holy day. Every day is a bliss. Every day is perfect. And yet because of us. His own creation, that, that, that the eternal fellowship must be broken. And that son must be sent into this world to live a sinless life. To live a life of temptation and yet not fell into a single temptation. To live a life where he carried the cross that does not belong to him. Where he wore the crown that is not his. Where he was nailed on the cross that should have been us. When he was there naked, in shame, dying, an agonizing death. Why? Because of me, because of you. All the pain that he experienced on that day. And yet, all that pain cannot be compared to a single event. While he was hanging on that cross. When he said, my God. My God. For the first time in eternity will never happen again. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Can you imagine that? In that particular moment, in all eternity, it happened that God the Father, who loved the Son so much, must turn his back 
and allow his son to suffer an agonizing death on that cross. Left his son to die there. Why? Because he loves you and he loves me. He loves the world. And that's why if you are here today and if you are not saved, how can you say no to that God? How you can say no to what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary for you? You see, as I've said, when I got saved, I was 22 years old, a fresh graduate from college. But we belong to a, a very poor family. Before I even reached one year of age, my parents got separated, and I was given to the care of my grandmother. So I grew up with my grandmother. Not, not really uh, experienced how to live with my parents. But my grandmother loves me so much. And she did everything so that I can go to school and eventually finish college. After finishing from college, I applied for different jobs in the Philippines. And then I got saved, May 14, just after graduation. And then I surrendered my life July 12. And on that day, my grandmother received a telegram from one of the companies that I applied for, San Miguel Corporation, that is the uh, beer uh, brewery in the Philippines, the largest uh, a company in the Philippines. I was accepted in that company. And my grandmother received that telegram. And when I arrived home, she approached me almost running, almost jumping and said, Apo, Apo, that's how my, my grandmother affectionately called me. Apo, Apo, come here. And I approached her and I said, Apo, that's how I called her. Apo, and then Apo, and I said, Apo, what? He said, there is a telegram, you are accepted. In San Miguel Corporation. This is our now our passport out of poverty. And she was very happy. But that time I already surrendered my life to the Lord, sir. So I look at her and I said, Apo, Apo, I am very sorry. I will not accept that job because I've already given my life to the Lord. And for the first time in my life, I saw her eyes change like there is fire on those eyes and her countenance changed and she raised her voice and cursed me with all the imaginable curse that you can say to a person she cursed me and cursed me and cursed me and she said from now on you are already dead as far as I'm concerned get out of this house I did not go. Do you know why? Because I told myself and I told God, Lord, if I will go, how will they see the change that you will do in my life? But they do not want me in that house anymore. And yet I stayed because of the Lord. They do not, did not mind me. It's as if I'm not existing anymore. But I just allowed the Lord to work in my life. And I prayed one prayer for my grandmother, Lord, before you take her life. Give me just one chance to witness to her. Amen. July, nothing. August, September, October, November, December, and then December 15th, before the Simbangabe or the Midnight Mass, because we were Catholics. She called me for the first time. She said, Apo, come here. And I was so excited that at last she took notice of me. 
And I went to her side and I said, Apo, what? She asked a question. Why is there a Christmas? And I opened the Bible, John 3.16. And I explained to her what God did. What the Lord Jesus Christ did on that cross of Calvary because of His love for her. And I expound to her about salvation. It took me about 30 minutes or so. And then I asked her, Apo, if tonight you will repent of your sins, open your heart and accept Jesus as your only Savior. He will forgive you. And He will give you eternal life. She prayed. She went to her bed. And she woke up in glory. That was her last night here on earth. Listen, it doesn't always happen. But the Lord allowed that to happen to me. And when I found her dead on her bed that morning, I cried for less than a minute. And I look up to God and I said, Lord, you're amazing. Lord, you are great. Lord, you have given to me the only thing that I asked about my grandmother. And I saw the grace of God. And I saw the goodness of God. How can I turn my back on that God? He may not, you may not have experienced this Kind of experience, spectacular, amazing. But I want you to know that every day, His protection is amazing in our lives. That because of that, we can say, Lord, here am I. Use me the way you want to use me. Amen. Love. Love. That's why in order for mission to be successful, the missionary must go there with love and the church must support with love. You can support us there. You can support missionaries there. But if there is no love, the pandemic came. But I believe you did not drop all your missionaries. You continue supporting them. Why? Because love will make you do things that you do not think you can ever do. So there must be love so that there is continuity. And if there is love, there is sacrifice. Amen. You see, I thank God for local churches. You see, every dollar that you put in your missions project represents a portion of your life. So every dollar there that goes to the mission field is actually your life being there in that mission field. But let me tell you again, whatever we do for God is never a sacrifice. It is always a privilege. And if you sacrifice, you give. Amen? That is part of mission. I said we need the power of money for mission. Without the power of money, we cannot send. We cannot go. And that is the reason why. You see, many missionaries from all around the world are coming to America. Don't you notice that? I, I'm a Filipino. I, 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 there are churches in the Philippines. But why do I need to come here? It is because this country, this country, the churches in this country has an open door when it comes to mission. And number two, may I say that to you much is given and to you much is being required by God. You see, the sad thing is that we are being deceived by the world. Even very, even Americans are being deceived by the world. The world is telling us to, to, to save for ourselves, to think of ourselves. You see, there's nothing wrong in saving, but hoarding is not good. God bless Abraham. And this is what God said to Abraham. Abraham, I will bless thee and through thee all the families of the earth will be 
bless. I will bless them that bless thee, curse them that uh, curse thee. Of course, that blessing pertains to Jesus Christ, but for application, it can pertain to you are blessed in order for you to be a blessing. We are a conduit. There is a need. There is the supply. We are here. We get from God. We give. Get from God. We give. Get from God. We give. Sometimes we get from God, but we put it here. And get and here. And get and here. We are not being a channel. There is no uh, outlet for that blessing because we think that we deserve those blessings. No. The reason why, this, why God is blessing us is because there is something that God wants us to do or accomplish in this world. And we must not lose sight of it. You see, sir, what do you think will happen to a container without an outflow? Yeah, it's wasted. It will, the, 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 the content will stink, right, over time. And sad to say, that's the reason why there are so many stinking Christians today in our time. Because they think that the blessing is for them and not for the work that God has entrusted unto us. What we do is we work, we save, we work, we save, we work, we save. Why? For our benefit. What is the reason? Oh, we are saving so that when we retire, we will enjoy life. What? Retire, enjoy life? Can you even put those two together, retired and enjoying life? When you retire, you endure life. Amen? You endure that. And you say, okay, why do you have to save and not use it for the ministry? So that when I retire, I will enjoy life. How will you enjoy life? I can eat the kind of food that I want to eat. How, how old will you be when you retire? 67. At age 67, can you eat the kind of food that you want to eat when you're already diabetic? And you have kidney problem? And you have lung problem. And you have all health problems. You cannot eat sugar. You cannot eat salt. You can eat all these things. So how can you enjoy your life when you retire? Oh, maybe if I cannot eat the food that I want to eat, I can just go around the world and enjoy the beautiful sceneries in the world. At that age, you're almost blind. How can you enjoy that? There was this tourist who went to a, a Southeast Asian country. Uh, she's, uh, I think, 67, 68. And she said to the tourist guy, tourist guy, look, my... What a beautiful temple. And then the tourist guy told her, ma'am, that's not a temple. It is a toilet. <laughs> okay, anyway, I need to go and pee. <laughs> you see, we will all die and we will all stand at the judgment seat of Christ. The question is this. Will you wish at that day that you have given God all? You see, the Bible is very clear. Lay not up treasures here on earth where moth and rust that corrupt, but lay up treasures in heaven where rust, uh, uh, rust and moth that not corrupt. Because God says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Mom, imagine this is your treasure. If your treasure is here, where will your heart be? There, right? Because your treasure is there. Your heart will be there. Example. Uh, just use this. Example, you put your treasure in a bank. Sir, for example, you're the bank. How are you going to pray tonight like this? Lord, please bless this bank. Protect this bank. 
Do not let this bank get robbed or burned down. The other banks, I don't care, Lord. <laughs> Definitely not this bank. Why? Because your treasures are in the bank. So why don't you put your treasures in the ministry? Why don't you send your treasures in heaven? How are you going to pray tonight? This is how. Lord, please come quickly. Because I want to be where my treasure is. And when the things of this world ceases to be your treasure, then the treasure in heaven that you want to be is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You see, the song is very clear. This world is not my home. I am just passing through. But most Christians are planning to stay here for all throughout eternity. That's why everything is being invested in this world, when the Bible is very clear that we need to use our blessing in order to, to do the work of God. And you do not have to worry when you're giving because the Bible is very clear in principle that nobody can outgive the Lord. You give God one teaspoon, He will give you one spoon. You give God one spoon, He will give you one shovel. You give God one shovel, He will give you one wheelbarrow. You give God one wheelbarrow, He will give you a truck. You give God a truck, He will give you a train. You give God a train, He will give you a ship. You give God a ship, He will give you the ocean. You give the ocean, He will open the windows of heaven until you say, Lord, stop, please. No more room for blessing in my life. Oh, missionary, you're exaggerating. I'm not. You see, real blessing are not material blessing. Real blessing is peace. And you cannot contain peace even in the totality of this world. And that is what God is going to give us if we are willing to suffer and to sacrifice for the glory of God. And may I close? Of course, most are waiting for the closing. And I have to do that because I'm also hungry and uh, tired. <laughs> For God so loved the world. Great knowledge. Great love. Great sacrifice. Great giving. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him. Should not perish but have everlasting life. Look at the great result. He gave only one son. How many children does God have now? Look at you. You're all God's children. And billions more. And counting. Why? Because that is the only way in order for us to have a successful mission work. There was a company named Coca-Cola. I think you're familiar with that, right? That company had a meeting, I think, in the late or early 60s. And in that meeting, the executives were gathered. And the leader held a, a bottle of, example, this is a bottle of Coca-Cola, up high to be seen by all the managers and said, this is our product. This is a very good product. We believe in it. And we are going to do everything that we can so that this product will reach the whole known world. And for one week, they made plans, strategies, in order for Coca-Cola to reach the world. And then 2000, I don't know the exact date, but they had another meeting. And the CEO, because now they call them CEO, stood in front of the executives and he held 
the bottle of Coca-Cola up high. He looked at the people, at the crowd, and he smiled and he said, Mission, accomplish. You will be hard-pressed to find a country in this world where they do not know Coca-Cola. In the villages of Cambodia, far-flung villages, they have bottles of Coca-Cola, and they have not heard about Jesus. You know, similarly, more than 2,000 years ago, there was a similar meeting held by the Lord Jesus Christ. He gathered his people, and he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he made a promise, and lo, I am with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. If Jesus will come today, this morning, and stand where I'm standing right now, can he hold this Bible up high? And can he look at each and every one of us with a smile on his face? And can he say, mission accomplished. I'm sorry, but I don't think so. Because while the world is dying, his people are at peace in Zion. We're not doing much. We're not doing enough. Your church may be doing your part, but there are so many churches who are not doing their part. And ladies and gentlemen, keep on doing your part. Because when time comes when you meet the Lord Jesus Christ, you are going to be rewarded individually and as a local church. Do not be one of those who failed, but be one of those to whom the Lord will say, Welcome, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. If you're here and you're not saved, maybe this is the only chance or the last chance that God may have given. Repent of your sins. Open your heart. Accept Jesus. He promised that he will forgive you and he will give you <clears throat> eternal life. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Bless, Lord, the remaining times of the service. May you continually be glorified and worship, Lord, in this place. And may you continue to add people who will not only be saved of God, but who will be part of the workforce. So that, Lord, the lost, not only here in Kearney, but all around the world, will be rich with the gospel of Jesus. Bless us in Jesus' name.